Hey, welcome to Late Night with Larry. We're back doing it once again. I'm here with my co-host, Vince. Vince, give me a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Larry D Studios here in beautiful Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's right. We're here doing it once again for you all. And uh, before we get started, I want you to hit that subscribe button and follow us because we got good content coming your way. And if you had a sightings and encounter or you saw a Bigfoot or maybe, you know, one saw you, email us and tell us your story. And you could do that at late night with Larry 55 at gmail.com. Right. Even even if you haven't had an encounter and you want to get in touch with us and that's right, maybe send us a couple of beers or whatever you want. Yeah. And as my brother says, let us know how we're doing. Even if we suck, let us know. Yep. And to start off, we do our traditional shot. This is a little salute to you listeners. That's right. This is to you. Salute. Salute. (sighs) Okay. Now we got a pretty good evening set up for you tonight. That's right. Tonight we have a special guest, uh, a gentleman I'm very familiar with, and he's told me uh, quite a few really interesting stories, really good stories, and uh, I thought they'd be perfect for our podcast, perfect for our listeners. I'm sure you would like it. So without further ado, Mike, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, we got Mike with us, and uh, I've, I've known Mike for quite a while. He's a very credible guy, and he has some some amazing stories. So what would you like to share with us tonight, Mike? Uh, The first one is talking about a a wolf man that we encountered when we were young. Okay. Go, go right ahead. Lay it on us, Mike. Okay. Well, let me just, let me just get to the part where I, how I heard about it. And then we finally got to it. Uh, It started like in the seventies when maybe even 69, when we're still little kids, we used to go to our, uh, our grandmother's ranch and they used to have cows and sheep. And, uh, uh, we would hear stories that something was killing the sheep and, um, they thought it was just a coyote or something. So, um, they would talk about how the men were all one big family, how they would, um, gather the sheep all together against the hillside where there was pens. And uh, one night, uh, one of the older men was telling me the story about it, how it started. The sheep were in the were in the pen, and maybe there was like maybe close to eighty or ninety sheep in the pen. A real big old pen. And the the one night they had the bonfires around the pen, and the men were outside and sitting there, and all of a sudden the sheep started turning inside the pen, just running. In circles, just really running. And they thought, oh, there's a coyote must be in there. So they all got their guns ready and they're ready to see where it was. And it was so dusty. Finally, the sheep all like stayed to the fence and to the wall. And all of a sudden, in the middle, they see this giant wolf standing, standing straight up with a sheep in its mouth. And they all freaked. You know, they didn't know what to think. And the and the pens were the pens were like at least six feet tall. The fence around it, and that thing jumped right over the fence with the sheep still in its mouth. And it kind of looked at them, and they they opened fire on it, and it just kept on running, you know, down the road or down into the pasture. And that's one of the first stories I heard about it, and I thought that was, that was in 1976 when I first heard that story. And then again, uh, 
in the seventies around uh wow, maybe it was earlier than that. Like I said, we used to go to the ranch with my grandmother. She would take my brother and I, who were I was probably like nine and he was probably eleven. But she would take us just to ride in the truck and help out, you know, if we had sheep or cows to gather them. So we would go and uh we were always there and when uh, we were checking the sheep herder, they would hire a guy that would stay out there, you know, weeks at a time just herding the sheep. So one day this uh, sheep herder wanted to go home, I guess, after he got paid. And my grandmother would pay him like maybe once a month or maybe twice a month. And then he would go home and then he'd come back maybe in a week. So there was nobody there to watch the sheep. So my grandmother at that time was, you know, she was still in her 50s. And uh, she said, I'll stay out here at the ranch house. It was just a, a one-room uh, house. And it had maybe two windows in the front and a door, but they had big old um, wooden panels to, like, in case nobody was there, they would close up the windows and the doors, you know, to make sure nobody would break in. So one night she was there and she had her fire inside the house and had her lantern on and she she was there by herself and uh, she said around like 12, 1 o'clock she could hear somebody outside so she kind of got scared so she had the doors bolted uh, that one big wooden door bolted and all of a sudden she said I could hear like somebody was tapping it tapping the door. And all of a sudden, she, she kind of got brave. She said she had her rifle pointed right at the door, and she was talking in her native tongue, and, and she was telling them, you know, I, I hear you. Um, I have a gun. <laughs> you open that door, I'm going to shoot right through the door. All of a sudden, she said that thing got kind of mad, whatever it was. It started clawing the door up like it was going to bust through the door. And she said, it hurt. She could hear it so so good right there, right next to her. She was right at the door, standing there on the other side. And finally, it went away, maybe after maybe 30, 40 minutes of clawing the door. And uh, she told him that she was going to shoot through the door. And kind of, that's what happened. She said, kind of got quiet. And then uh, by the time morning came, she didn't want to go outside. She started seeing the the light, like under the window frame or the door. So she got brave. She said, I opened the door a little and I had my gun ready. And she opened the door. The whole door was clawed with scratches. I mean, maybe an inch deep. Just from top to bottom, it was, that whatever it was, we're trying to break through, you know. But that door was so big, you know, it was a big, heavy door at that time. And that's the, the story we heard. So, you know, we never thought about it. We we used to hunt in the area, all of that area, my brothers and our neighbors. We grew up with two boys just down the street. We were always together and hunting, uh, just being out in the mountains, having fun, you know, when we were young. So one day, um, I remember it was about 1970. I was, uh, I was probably a seventh grader. My brothers were all... Uh, sophomore, junior, seniors, and uh, we were going hunting at night. You know, we were, had a spotlight. We were going down this gravel road, and it's like 11 miles just full of gravel at that time. 
and he had a uh, he had a, a zooped up car back then. It was a '63 Chevy, and it had these big old tires on it, you know, like really fixed up. So we were all piled in his car. There were six of us: three, my brother and I, and uh, the neighbors were in the back. My brother was driving. His girlfriend was in the middle, and the older boy was on the uh, on the passenger side. So we started. Going down this road, we're shooting at rabbits and whatever was out there at night. And I mean, it was pitch dark. We had a spotlight. So uh, we're getting close to a boundary where it was, it was the next Pueblo's uh, land. So we said, we better turn around because we might get stopped or there might be a police out there. So we said, well, let's, that boy, the older one, he said, I, I didn't shoot my my rabbit. <laughs> we kind of also, oh, and we spotted one with the spotlight, and it came right out of the trees. And the trees uh, back then in the 70s next to the gravel road were only maybe uh, 10 feet or less away from the highway before they paved it. So we all got out. We were all stretching, and uh, my my brother's girlfriend had the spotlight. And we saw the rabbit hop into the trees and... Uh, and uh, the older boy, his name was Gary, he told his brother Jimmy, he said, hey, go around the trees and scare it out. And uh, we'll, we'll all shoot at it. You know, this is our last target practice. And uh, we're, my uh, sister-in-law then, or my brother's girlfriend, she's my sister-in-law, she was shining the light spotlight right at the trees where he went in. And we're all standing there waiting and waiting. All of a sudden, he starts yelling, you know, and screaming. He says, somebody's in here. They're chasing me. And we all cracked up laughing. We thought he was just trying to scare us because it was dark. All of a sudden, we see him running out full speed. I mean, he was booking it out of the trees. And maybe about 15, 15 20 feet back of him, here's this wolf standing on two legs chasing him. I mean, this thing was huge. I mean, it was, he was about maybe five, eleven, six feet tall, and this thing was towering over him. I mean, six, seven feet or better. Big, not skinny. It was huge. Running on two legs. They had the spotlight on it. It was coming towards us, towards the car, because the boy was running to us to get help. We're all lined up there, and we're all freaking out. I mean, we were, like, got into shock. I mean, we were holding our guns. And when he came running right up to us, the older boy, his name was Gary, he, he all of a sudden, he says, fire, fire, shoot. And we all, like, snapped out of it because we are all, like, in shock seeing this thing coming out of the tree. And all of a sudden, it came and was coming, like, towards the car, and we started popping it with the shotgun. We all had shotguns at that time. And uh, there were six guns. And it came maybe within 10 feet of us. And my brother had a double-barrel, 16-barrel shotgun. So he thought, well, I'll let all the smaller shotguns shoot. If it comes right to us, I'll pop him and you know, kill him right there. All of a sudden, I remember he was ready with his double-barrel. He shot both barrels at it hit it right in the chest, I could still see the fur fly. I mean, it just blew it up, and I thought it would fall over. It hit it right in the chest, neck area, and all that hair just flew out because he hit it with bow barrels. It, 
kind of just stood there. It didn't fall over or nothing. It just stood there and started walking back into the trees. And I tell you, we were so scared. You can imagine a two-door car, six people trying to get into the car at one time with guns, <laughs> screaming. My 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 brother's girlfriend was like going crazy. She was crying. She was hysterical. She didn't know what to do with her. Everybody was trying to jump into the car. And when we finally got in the car, everybody was yelling at each other. What was that? You know, we're so scared. And one of the boys said, reload, reload. And we're all trying to reload our shotguns, thinking, you know, might bust the window and grab one of us and pull us out. Right. And my brother and my brother was trying to take off in his car, but the gravel was like three or four inches thick. And those big tires would not move. The car was just spinning. You could just feel it spinning. So we all started like jumping in the back of the seat, just trying to make the car like bounce. And it started rolling, barely rolling. And we're all screaming. We said, turn off the spotlight, turn off the spotlight. And all we had was the front light. So my brother finally got a little speed and he slid, he just spun the car around. And it was like a two lane gravel road. He spun it so quick. We thought we were going to slide off the road and we took off. I mean, we headed back towards home. We were about 11 miles from our house at that time. And I tell you, to to this day, every time we have stories and we have dinners, the kids like to hear the stories. There's like, uh, uncle, grandpa, they all say, tell us that story about the wolfman you guys saw. So we all tell it, you know, and sometimes we have different versions of it. You know, I, me, I can see the eyes. They were so huge on that wolf, whatever it was. It looked like, I tell my wife, it looked like he had glasses on. They were so big, the eyes were from there to the ear. But then some say it was glowing. But I say it was just a spotlight on the eyes that they were so big, it made it look like they were, they were shining. So, after we got home, you know, we were so scared. You know, boy, I mean, we were, we were scared. I mean, even though we got home, we couldn't even sleep. We couldn't even talk about it. We told our parents what happened, and, and they told us not to go out that way anymore, hunting. And we were always hunting in that area. So that was our experience, you know, seeing this wolf. And, and, and to this day, right, we, we didn't kill it. And uh, there's a Pueblo. Well, I'll say the name is called Sky City Pueblo. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that place. Oh, we're familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Usually uh, everyone in New Mexico knows exactly where that is. That's right. Yeah, we, we were about four miles uh, north of it. And that road that we were on goes right to Sky City Pueblo. Okay. And, and uh, my wife's uh, grandfather was uh, a war chief or a medicine man at that time, long time ago. And he would, and when I told her that story, me and my wife and my daughter would go up there to eat with them on top of the Pueblo and um, weekends. And I was telling that story about it, and uh, the grandfather said to me, "Where did, when was this? When did you see it? Or what year was that?" And I told him it was in the in the seventies. And and then he told me, I just heard him blurt it out. He says, "I thought we killed all of them," and I said, "What?" And he said, well, he said, that's why to this day, 
they have guards on top of Acoma Pueblo because those wolves they said would walk around on the Pueblo in the in the alleys. That's why they had men with guns all the time on top of the Pueblo, and they would guard the mountain, and they would say that he would. He told me he said they killed quite a bit of them, and then he said. Oh, he said he was teasing me. He said, "I guess we missed one. It's still out there." And I said, "Yeah, I told him we shot it, but it never died, and it ran right back into the trees." And he was he told us like how they would be at night. The man would be guarding certain areas of the mountain on top, and he said they would walk around and they would see them running, and they would shoot at them. And sometimes they wouldn't hit them or anything, but. You know, a few times they did kill someone. They were huge. He said, big old giant wolves, you know, walking on hind legs. So uh, that was a story we were, I would always hear from him. And when my wife and I would be coming from Acoma on that road, which I say is like 11 miles straight to my house, I would always tease her because you would see the sign shine. I said, hey, look, that, that's just that wolf. <laughs> Why you want to do that to her? <laughs> She would scream. I mean, she would say, hurry, go faster. I, I would and probably it scream, too. <laughs> it was just a reflection of the sign in the area where we saw it. I tell her this is where we saw it. And That's... there's a place called Locomotor Rock. It's on the way to Acoma Sky City. I'm sure people know that rock. It looks like a train. And, and it's, it's right there in that area. And there's a ball mesa right there in there's all kind of little caves around there because we used to go with our dad to uh, get wood. And we would climb up in those hills and we would find these caves right behind the trees. And uh, to this day, you know, I, I still don't go over there because, you know, I always told my brothers and them, I, we would want to go over there. And I said, well, if we take our guns and pistol, you know, what if it gets one of us? We never killed it, you know, right, guns right. you heard it. So uh, to this day, none of us have really gone over there. We don't ride our motorcycle. We don't even go hunting. We don't even go for wood. It's just, you know, something we've stayed away from all these years since the 70s. Right. And it's really, you know, just a part of my life. My grandsons and my daughter, they always tell me, tell that story all the time when we have a gathering, you know. Well, all the kids are scared. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I, that's cool. And I, and I tell them about it, you know, but I tell you, it's it, it's almost in my mind, you know, like when we grow just not that close to that area, but I just think about it, you know, whatever, I grabbed one of us or, or bit that boy, you know, the one he was chasing, you know. Right, 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 right. And, uh, I mean, like I said, if uh, those shotguns didn't kill it and, and uh, you see the fur blowing off it when he hit it, you know, we... It must still be in that area, you know. We always talk about it. Right. Now, so, now your wife's uh, grandfather said they killed quite a few of them. <clears throat> do yes. You, do you think there's any more still roaming around? Well, that, see, that was quite a ways later. That was in uh, 77 when, uh, or 78 around there. I was My daughter was just a little girl, and... Uh, uh, that's when he heard the story when I was telling it. We were talking about I I asked him, I said, can you tell us some stories about Acoma and, uh, you know, animals? Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, the Indians have different clans, like some are Eagle Clan, uh, 
deer clan, bear clan. Right. And, and he would tell us uh, stories, and I and he said, and I told him about that story and what happened to my brothers, and and he was he was really interested in that story, and he told me he said, uh, he thought we shot we killed all of them. He said that's what I when he when I first heard that, he said we he said I, I thought we got all of them. I, I can imagine you hearing that statement because if someone told me that statement after I heard a story like this and they said, I thought we killed them all, I wouldn't, yeah. know, I wouldn't know whether to really believe them saying, are you joking or are you for real? Right. Because that's a, such a shocking statement. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then when he heard how many years later it was, like I said, 77, 78, and that I, that happened uh, in in the nineteen seventies, right? He said he said there must still be one out there, right? And I said, oh, there's one. There might be more, right? And, uh, and you said uh, to this day they still have armed guards in the pueblo. I mean, they yeah, mu- they still do. They they must believe that there's still some more out there. Yeah, there must be a fear. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's guarded. Uh, well, the the men live up there, uh, twenty four hours a day. You know, right. And there's no electricity, there's no water, you have to haul everything, water, food, wood. Right, right. And, and uh, there's no mm. lights or anything up there. You know, it's totally pitch dark at night. Right, right. I understand. Right. <clears throat> now, I, I have some questions because we, we heard the story. And I'm, I don't know how Vince is going to do it, but when I ask you a question, I'm going to take you back. Let's go to the beginning okay. of the story. When you're... You said you they seen it in the middle of the pen with the sheep. Now, yeah. Now you guys are saying it's a werewolf. Uh, do do you guys do you think that maybe it could be what they call the dog man? Uh, or, I don't, I or don't do you think, think it's so. a wolf? I think it's a wolf. Okay. Because to me, it looked like a a wolf, you know, a giant wolf. Okay. And. Uh, and uh, and then the stories from the old people, how they used to see it out there. Right. They say uh, this wolf walked on its hind legs and never ran like a like a dog or anything. It was always on its hind legs walking around. Now let me ask you this question. That's going to tie into that statement. Okay. You you know the Navajos believe in the skinwalker, who's usually a yeah. wolf. Do you think yeah. it could? Do you think it could have been a skinwalker? Or do you, I mean, you saw it, we didn't, so we're not going to call your bluff. I, I'm just asking the question, could it have been a skinwalker? Or with your own eyes, you saw it and you're like, that's a wolf, man. That was wolf. It wasn't skinwalker because I know what they do and how they transform. This was a werewolf. Yeah, No, we, we know the difference because in okay. our Pueblos, there is skinwalkers. Right. And we've heard about them, how... Uh, the good people and the bad people can change into animals. Right, right. It's the same same thing, but usually if you shoot one, like a, like a, I'll say a skinwalker, right. that person dies. Right, <laughs> right, you know? right. It, and uh, uh, my my wife's grandfather told me about, it wasn't a skinwalker, but the person was a deer. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, and, they could uh, take many forms. Yeah, they can take different forms. And uh, the grandfather had told us that story, too, uh, how he shot the deer, followed the blood. When he went through the rocks in the riverbed, he found somebody crying. And he walked around the rocks. There was a lady bleeding. 
Oh, damn. Yeah, and he, and that lady told him not to kill her, and he would heal her because her grandfather was sick at that time. Right. And uh, and uh, he told her, he said, I know who you are, and I know what you are. You, you know, like a witch, you know, at that time. Right, right. And he, he said, you were the deer I shot. And she said, yeah, I was the deer. But he, she told him, don't kill me. And he said, she told him, if you don't kill me, I'll heal you. And he didn't know what to say. Like, how did he, she know he was sick? Right. You know, and, and um, all of a sudden, you know, like he said, that lady healed him. And she, he let her go, but he told her, you know, I don't want to ever see you again. You know, so, you know, we hear a lot of stories of, of, of not only uh, the, the the wolves, the uh, people changing into animals. Right. I mean, you hear stories about how the animals used to talk to the older people. I've heard know? those stories, too. I mean, because of who we become in this world today, that no longer happens. Uh-huh. And, Yeah. <laughs> But that was an excellent answer to my question. I mean, you yeah. took it far beyond what I yeah. expected, so that's cool. But the best thing is you let the audience out there know that what we saw was not, because everyone's going to say it could have been a dog man, and you just gave them it wasn't a dog man. You know what I mean? So yeah. people out there listening to this are going to have to think for themselves, well, maybe it was a wolf man. So, you know, and that's why I asked that question. My next question is, you were talking about your grandma, and she was at the ranch house, and this creature was, like, clawing on the door, and she was yes. speaking in her native tongue. Yeah. There, there again, I was going to ask, I was going to say, you, do you think that could have been a skinwalker, or was it one of these wolf creatures? And if so, if it's that big... Why did it spare her? What 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 made that creature go away other than her, you know, her threats? Yeah. Well, that's what we talked about. We were after, uh, you know, we talked about the skinwalker. Right. Uh, you know, back then, a lot of people were jealous of different people because some have, like, maybe cattle and right. Right. they're the, better off than the other people. Yeah, you know? the greed and, takes over. Yeah, and, and this ranch house was... Out in nowhere. I mean, we would go along the mountain, and that it, all they had was a big giant windmill, pens, and that one one bedroom house, or it was, just had a stove and a bed in there. All right. And that's where that sheep herder worked and uh, would live. And uh, we would go down there on weekends. And I know, even though she talked in her ton, we're saying maybe either if it was a skinwalker, you know, like I said, they know the language. Right. Because they they changed into the wolf, or yeah. if it was even the wolf, maybe it knew the language. You know, because all those years has been out there. Right. You know, maybe maybe they've heard, uh, like the old grandpa said, uh, uh, they had to have known where the pueblo was. They know where they lived out in the mountain, but for some reason they would come at night, just walking around, just to, you know, say they used to always say that they were coming looking for kids. Right. Kids, you know, to scare them. Well, that know. hey, that made me get inside at night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and like I said, my grandmother told him, and then she had a gun, and she said, "It's pointed right at the door. If you're if you're gonna come." She almost said, "She she was she said I should have shot it." 
She right should've. when he was scratching, she said, maybe I would have killed it or oh whatever God. it was. See, that's that's easy for me to say on this side of the microphone that yeah, I would have done it. But would you really in that situation? Right, because you, yeah. you, you run don't the risk know. of if you shoot it through the door and you don't kill it, you're destroying your door and you're just making it mad. And hold on. We know the skinwalker tradition. If you shoot it and you kill it, what if it morphs back to a human and now a half-naked man's dead at your doorstep? Right, and you got something <laughs> explaining to do. So I, I, yeah. get, I get the hesitancy. Now, yeah. before we let you go, I want to tell you about a podcast we did earlier. It's called The Beast of Bray Road. Now, it's kind of like a dogman. They don't know really what it is, but uh, they set up trail cams, and this thing will take, like, a whole deer and carry them away. Uh, they, they got footprints, and it's it's. they say it's like a wolf, right? Right. Do you have Amazon Prime? Do I have what? Amazon Prime. Um, I think my my daughter and them have it. Yeah. If they do, ask them to look up a documentary called Beast of Briar Road and watch that okay. documentary. Yeah, it, it, it talks about, it sounds a lot like a wolf because right. it, it, it walks on two feet. Uh, this thing, it had a prince like a, a dog, except it had an extra pad. Kind of what he's describing to us right, right here. It's something different, but this thing was huge and strong. It would carry away deer carcasses. This guy would set them up on his property with trail cans, and it would carry them away. Right. I would always, I always thought about that because I remember uh, Vince would tell me, you know, you guys have little cameras that you could set up in the forest. Right. Right. Yep. And, I, and I and I always thought I should buy one and leave it out there. You know, maybe. A, to this day, maybe there's still something out there, you know. Right. But I, I know a lot of people in that area, now that it's not sheep country anymore, it's mostly cattle. Right. I know a lot of people that are out there. You know, they stay out there and they're, with their trucks, their trailers. And uh, I haven't heard anything so far happening to anybody. Uh, I've heard of Shadow Man out being out there where the cows are. <laughs> right. And, and uh, I know there's somebody out there, you know, like my our neighbor said she saw some people out there. They didn't know who they were. Right. And, uh, but right. like I said, it's mostly cattle people now that are out in that area. Now, if, if somebody like now came across a, a werewolf or a wolfman, do you think they would tell their story? Because you know how people are today. They, they'll they say, oh, you're crazy. You're just seeing things. But, you know, I, I, I think before he answers that, think about this, too. Yeah, there people's gonna criticize you and say you're crazy, but look at today, like what we're doing right now. This subject is not taboo anymore. People are more and more interested right. in it. They want to hear it. So I don't know if you would get criticized like you would have ten years ago, because yeah. you know now people are seeing so much crazy shit going on in the world. They're starting to say, well, maybe they have a point. Maybe they ain't right. that crazy. Maybe there is something out there. Yeah. Yeah, like. Well, today, you know, uh, I tell the story because it's it's just like uh, the, the kids when the like when we gather in our culture, they they always make sure the kids listen right. you know, to the elders, right? And they they tell them scary stories, what could happen. So you know, it, it, it's it's just passed on, passed on. But it's kind of funny when I tell the story. All the kids are all holding on to somebody. Or <laughs> they're all, uh, mom, yeah. <laughs> you might come to my window or, die or something. 
Right. Now, right. now, in a lot of like the Native American cultures, they have stories about werewolves or even Bigfoot. And right. the, the kids always thought that those were just stories, you know, to keep them close to home and, you know, uh-huh. keep them behaving. But a yeah. lot of, a lot of people have experienced stuff like you and they say, hey, those aren't just stories. They're true. They're right. out there. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, they are there. You know, I, I, I know other stories, you know, like the grandfather, my wife's grandfather would tell us. Right. And uh, and just from other people, you know, that live out in that area, uh, the ranchers or uh, not even, even in that area. There's different areas uh, on the Pueblo, both side of Laguna and Acoma. Right. That they see, see things out there, you know. Yes. So it's not just one area like where I'm, I'm saying it is, but... I hear it was really active right. back in the in the thirties and forties when why would so many sheep be killed, you know, out there. Right. right. You know? And and we've always wondered that like uh how many cattle people lose a year to creatures like this or sheep. We always think about that. When we go to the mountains, we'll see cattle roaming and we you know, we're like, How many of these have gone missing? How many have they lost out of their whole herd that they have oh, yeah. not grazing? Right. Now, you know, when, go ahead, oh, Mick. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Mick. I would think, I would think about when we were young boys. Right. Uh, we would go on our bikes on that dirt road way out there. I mean, six miles away, there was there was a mountain where the water ran down the hill, and then when it used to rain, on top of the mountain, there's big water puddles. I mean, big like like they look like a little hot tubs everywhere, and we used to run in them and jump in them. And um, I used to think, what if, what if that thing was watching us all those years, you know? Right, right. What if it was roaming around? He may know? have been. What if he was thinking you were dinner, you know? Yeah. A, we, we, we have nothing but just a, maybe a knife. or we, We're still younger. We didn't carry right. pistols right. or anything. And we, we would run out there and jump in those big pools and it was it was something to do, you know, because uh, back then we, you know, you didn't have video games or anything. You had to do something, you know. Right. And you guys and, uh, thought six miles away was a whole world away. <laughs> and, and you oh know, yeah, it, it was nothing to us. Right. You know, we climbed those, we climbed every mountain in our area just to climb, you know. Right. right. And and you brought up an interesting point because when you were younger, you you had your sighting and. Today, there's not as many sightings, but these kids today, they don't go outside like we used to. They're stuck inside with the video games. Try it. Oh, yeah. I don't even see kids in that area. Not even running, riding a bike. You never see anybody out there. No, nope, you I, just see us old crazy guys out there. That's right. You, and this is, a, this is a fact, and like my brother was saying, there is more, they're telling hunters that no one hunts anymore, and that's true. Like my brother said, the younger generations are glued to their electronics. But they're saying oh, yeah. that there's more game out there today. You're likely to get a deer license for two deers rather than one because it's abundant wildlife. And for these uh-huh. cryptids, these creatures, let's say the Sasquatch, the werewolf that you saw, the, the dog man, uh, all these cryptids that are out there, if they live off protein, then us by us sitting on our ass watching video games just gave them a Chinese buffet. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. And like like I said, there's so many hills and caves all around that area, you know. Right. And, you know, 
you could just say still out there, you know. Right. And, and I don't, I don't even go out there. You know, my my skin just like my hair sticks up when I think about it. When I want to go out that way, I said, "Nah, I'm never going to go back." Right, and you know? and a lot of people don't go to those places no more. And so, who no. knows who's still out there? What's still out there? Well, I, I I think that makes me and my brother seem like that maybe we're, we got a screw loose because we keep going to the same place yeah. looking for the same results. Yeah, we like going out to the mountains <laughs> looking for them scary things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, my brother, uh, he moved back from Texas not too long ago. And one day we were talking about it. And he said, we should take our pistols out there and ride the motorcycles out there. I said, you're crazy. I said, I said, I ain't going out there. I said, you know. I said, what's what a little pistol going to do with it? He said, no, I'll take our pistol and load up, you know. I said, right. no, no. Well, I'm not going over there. Well, then we may, so, we must be crazy because yeah. we go out there looking. We look for it. Yep. We're going to have to take Mick out with us to uh, Sasquatch country. Anytime I'd like you, to do that. I'd like to see that. Anytime you want to come with us, I mean, we uh -huh. usually have good luck. Something always happens, and we can't explain it. We're not going to say it's Bigfoot because there's one incident, my brother, his incident, which drug my ass into the, all this, and we go to the same spot. But I can't say it's Bigfoot because I haven't seen it, but I got a pretty damn good idea because what happens, we're the only ones out there. Right, and we hear it. It throws things at us. It breaks trees. Yeah, and uh, a matter of fact, do you want to hear some of his stuff? Yeah. yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Okay, watch. Yeah. These two recordings were taken up in the Hamas Mountains by my brother. By let's, me. Here, let's listen closely. I thought I'd left after the first one. Mm-hmm. It's getting farther away, though. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to hear those sounds, Mick? I could hear just a barely little, like like uh, like something smashed, or maybe. Uh, yeah. Before so, that, there was there was a scream, right? And it sounds like a, a chimp or an ape screaming, and then oh, it, yeah. and then it smashes the tree. So when you're listening to this, on once again when it gets posted, listen to it, and on that portion, turn your speakers up a little bit so you could hear the background. And I'm saying that so that the listeners right now can replay it and do what I said. Yes, when I recorded it, uh, it was when we had I had my first encounter. Me and my son were sitting at the fire. There's no cell phone service, so I told him, "Do you have your phone on you? Pull it out and record." So we're sitting at the fire, and we heard this off in the distance. Okay, now here's the here's the wood knock that they gave him. This, this is, is the best. This is after. I, I didn't want to go out there, and my right. brother talked me into going out there. All right, here's so the wood knock. He was with me for this. Listen. Did you hear that uh, tree smash there, Mick? That Mike? was a tree knock. Yeah, I, I could hear something. Yeah. That's, is it, and is it pretty close to you guys? It was very close. Right. Now, it was loud. we were there. I just set my, co my phone to record. I set it on the tailgate of the pickup, and then we just caught that. And then uh, later in the evening, there was the second part of that was they're, they're like tapping uh, two pieces of wood together real quiet. Right. And then pow. Yep. And, and th that same night, we heard whistling and I would whistle and they would answer back. 
<laughs> that would be. Yeah. I, Mike, I don't know if my brother ever told you when we were out there. Now, I know we're getting off subject because we were about your story, and it was a damn good story. I had more yeah. questions, but we went on our tangent. But did my brother ever tell you the time that we were up there alone? And there was no one around us, and we're sitting there drinking beer, just, you know, we're hitting our spot, and we hear this bottle get thrown, and it hits the road. And you know how an empty bottle goes on a dirt road? Dump, 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 dump. Yeah. We, we, we heard that, and we looked at each other and said, we're the only ones here who threw a bottle in the road. Right. <laughs> when we go camping, we're off miles on a, a forest road all by ourselves. Right. Something threw a bottle at us. It, did you ever think, did you guys go with a right, any kind of gun or anything just in case? At my first uh, encounter, I, I had a very close encounter, Mick. Uh, I'd say within 20, 30 yards, I could see the eyes shining. They're walking around shaking the trees. I heard them talking. They were talking. That night I had no, I didn't even have a bright flashlight. I didn't have no weapon. But now that we go, I'll take a pistol or something, a sidearm. Right. Uh I mean, when he first told me his story, now I know we're way off tangent, but it took me weeks to get him to go back, but, but we did. Anyway, let's get back to your story, Mike, because that was great i mean that was a cool story dude yep let's actually we need to have mike back so mike's got other stories he's got some great stories he even has what may have been a bigfoot encounter we could talk to him about that and we could tie mine in and no and and mike if you got more stories let us know i mean we'll set up oh yeah what i have i have a story about the ufos and and your dad actually was there at work when it happened. Yeah. He saw it, too. All right. Well, so we'll, we'll save that was, one for next time. Let's, let's let this be the next episode. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll set up another time just like this, Mick, and we'll, we'll get the UFOs going. And, and we definitely want to hear your little, uh, the Bigfoot one you told me again. We want to hear that. Uh-huh. Okay, and I'll tell you also about the Shadow Man. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Then why don't we do like a story with you once a month? Because it sounds like you just gave me four stories. Right. Oh, yeah, sure. That'll that'll work. All right. Anyway, yeah, let's do four stories once a month. Tonight you gave us the werewolf. The next time you come on. We'll do the the UFO. UFO. Then we'll do the Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Then we'll do the Shadow Man. The Shadow Man. So let's do that. We hope you enjoyed the topic we bring tonight, and uh, we appreciate you listening, and we thank you. This is for you. Because you rock. That's right. Join us for our next episode, and uh, we may go down the rabbit hole. We may not. Well, or we may just stay right here. That's right. Thanks for listening. Peace out. We'll see you next time. Peace.